0: Hey there, everyone. This is Dan Fagella here with Tech Emergence, where we interview experts in the domain of emerging technology and the overlap of psychology and technology. We've been doing a decent number of interviews now in the domain of augmented reality. Uh, Folks from Mattio, from Hyperlayer, um, from a number of other companies in the AR space. And today I'm lucky enough uh, to have Mr. Joseph Rampola on board, who happens to be kind of one of the spokesmen of the domain, the burgeoning domain of AR in and of itself. He runs a Infamous podcast known as AR Dirt, as well as the the blog associated with it, um, and is tied in with many of the the conferences and experts in this domain. Uh, Mr. Joe, how are you today?
1: Damn, doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited.
0: Yes, indeed. You're you're kind of the plugged in guy in the AR world as we we're talking about, kind of off mic, being at all these different events and involved in so many ways. And your story of getting involved in AR is rather interesting and quite off the beaten path of how most of these. You know, tech folks uh, get initially plugged in. Um, Joe, if I, as I haven't mentioned yet in your introduction, is also a full-time uh, officer of the law, uh, and uh, got involved initially in cybercrime and the crossover of AR and VR. And Joe, I wanted you to start off with that because I think that, especially in the further reaches of this tech, which we will get into, there are a lot of very interesting blurred lines that AR and VR start to cross over with that don't aren't clear with legal ramifications, but seem to be clear in ethical consequence. Where right now uh, do you see the biggest overlap of AR, VR, and crime?
1: Well, that's that's a really interesting question. Um, You know, I think the bottom line, Dan, it comes down to this, is that when we look at any innovation or any emerging technology that happens, eventually it, it gets bastardized. Eventually the bad guys say, Wait a second! We could make so much money doing this. Uh, we look at credit card fraud, and you know, people now uh, because they have uh, call spoof numbers will call up and, Grandpa, I got into an accident. You know, you need to wire me money. I mean, you know, criminals will figure out the way to get money. So it really comes down to as we look at every emerging technology, there's ways that we have to pay attention to. I think from a law enforcement perspective and as a society perspective that what is the new technologies coming out and what are some of the ways that people can become victimized or, or how that can be used for bad. So my whole and as you said, I, I came from the cybercrime background, is that through, you know, years of undercover investigations and, and online investigations, I have kind of just seen this dark side of society, which it's okay, it's life and you know, but we wanna kinda minimize that and we wanna kinda keep that away from all of the wonderful people out there that are that are hardworking, that pay their taxes, that are good citizens, and how we can use this technology for good, but at the same time not give an easy blueprint for all of ourselves to become victimized. So that kind of is really the the premise behind one of the things that I'm trying to do. But you know, through my uh, experiences as I started to do uh, online investigations, I started to look at virtual worlds. Yep. And, there was some stuff that was going on in virtual worlds with crime that was like really freaky. And then I heard about this augmented reality, which kind of blew my mind because augmented reality takes really uh, digital overlays potentially. I mean it could be – you could augment all of your senses, but if you most to, people yeah. think of it in, in a visual yeah, sense. Yeah, but primarily. you can overlay um, you know, these digital images in a real-time environment that enhances your life. So, you know, they say it's kind of the mixture of the Internet of Things, wearable technology, augmented reality glasses. Uh, If we mix all of this stuff together, you potentially, it's almost like the Minority Report, where, you know, you have Tom Cruise having the Internet at his fingertips using gesture based movements, and he's able to see the whole world. And we're really getting close to that. So, as you could imagine, you become, as they say, the Tony Stark. Of the, of the new world where you can do these things. And so you can do amazing things, and you probably could do some bad things if you put on your evil thinking cap, but we want to uh, dissuade people to make sure they don't do that.
0: Certainly, and we'll talk about policy by the time we get out of here and sort of what these considerations might be because I think it's a little bit, quote-unquote, far out from normal considerations of policy and technology, especially uh, just given the spread and adoption of, of tech. And we'll we'll have to see what happens with glass, but that certainly won't be... Uh, the be all and end all of, of AR in its entirety. Um, in terms of e- examples of h- how AR and VR maybe are starting to cross over into crime now, things that are worth considering in the present day. Um, I, I know for you through y- your uh your work in cybercrime, uh, one of the, some of your investigations were around sort of uh, the the uh, abuse of children and and people that were kind of aiming to stalk children online. And, and there's there's virtual worlds where there's representations of of those kind of child abuse and molestation kind of actions happening in, in other kind of virtual environments, and that was something that kind of was worth cracking down uh, sort of in your own investigations. Um, and, and, and I think that's more than worth considering. Where else have you seen AR and VR start to lean into that dark side in a way that's tangible um, today?
1: Well, I think that um, when we start looking at I mean, there's some big things that are out there. I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, facial recognition is, is really out there. And if you look yep. at the way it has not rolled out, one of the big reasons, and I've talked to uh, different um, people and companies that have really powerful applications for facial recognition, and I say to them, how come you're not rolling them out? And they say, we just don't know how to. We
0: hmm. don't know how
1: to roll them out without freaking people out. Oh. So if you start thinking about... Um, in fact, a, a perfect. If you go online, uh, there, there's many different uh, different videos out there. Um, but you know, one company is uh, uh There was another company bought up by Apple called Polar Rose. So if you go to if you go to YouTube and throw in Polar Rose, you'll see that they have this really powerful app that you basically can hold up, take a picture of your face. Now they haven't rolled it out because. They just don't know how to, and it can take a picture of your face and you can tie in all your social networks to your face. Whoa. So you're walking down the street in Boston and I hold up my smartphone as you walk by me and it can recognize your face. And if, if you're on that same network, it'll tell me exactly who you are, where you work, all, all the networks that you're tied to. If we start looking at the power of facial recognition, you can do amazing social engineering where, you know, I could walk over to you and be like, hey, Dan, we went to high school together, and you're like, we did? And I'm like, yeah, and meanwhile I'm scanning through, you know, your Facebook profile and all your other social networking sites, and I know everything about you, I know you from LinkedIn or whatever, and you could socially, um, you know, create this sort of um, you know, false uh, connection and I can take advantage of you. Hey, by the way, can you loan me 500 bucks? Or Yeah,
0: or, or, you know, or, you know let's get a dinner and then you could drug somebody or, you know, whatever yeah, various yeah, and sundry crazy. types of it's, deception and crime.
1: Yeah, That's so amazing. there's just so many different ways that this, these sort of things can be used and, I mean, are they really being used now? No, they're, they're not, but we're on the cusp of a lot of these powerful ways that, you know, that we're seeing, you know, plus, pretty much anything can be hacked. I mean, you know, people always say to me as I do presentations, you know, can this be hacked? Can that be hacked? Uh, the bottom line is is that anything
0: can yeah, be hacked. Some, so, something, yeah. If it was made, it can be hacked. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're, we're starting, to, you know, we're, we're growing human ears on mice. I mean, I'm pretty sure we can hack a computer program. Exactly. Um, but, you
1: know, but, but a really important point I want to make is that when I go out and I speak, I'm talking about the, 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 the positive side of technology. Um, You know, as much as I'm involved in cybercrime and that sort of thing, I just want to educate people to where we are right now and where we're going. And by doing those two things, we give people an incredible amount of knowledge, and that knowledge is power. And once they have that power, they're able to protect themselves better, and they're able to evaluate not only current technology but future technology. And they can educate their kids, uh, you know, their community – um their coworkers so this affects everybody but you know I don't like to scare people and say oh my gosh we're doomed
0: you know, this is Yeah horrible. yeah yeah no you, you definitely don't know. have a pessimistic standpoint you know but there's there's a
1: lot of so many more positive things we could use with this these emerging technologies than we can do for bad but we just have to you know because I'm a police officer I just have a vested vested interest in paying attention to some of that bad stuff
0: big time and and, and I'm with you and and uh you know at the, the there's a 20 the 2045 uh, congress in in nyc uh, in uh, last year peter diamandis was talking and he he had mentioned something along the lines of the fact that you know in general he he believes I forget exactly how he framed it but that there should really be a, a the gra- if the grandest focus of ours is on all the horrible things that could happen how much good are we going to create we should really be keeping our eyes on on all the good but but like you i think it's it's more than rational to consider the full picture. And then that is, as you had said, knowledge is power. If we can just be more informed, then we can understand quote-unquote good and quote-unquote bad for ourselves. And and ultimately, I think that that's a more mature role than instilling optimism or pessimism in people. So. Uh, and I think a lot of people probably appreciate that about your podcast, hence its followership and, and whatever else. Um, it, with respect to you had mentioned, we're on the cusp here. So facial recognition, there's a little bit of like, holy jeez, how do we get this out to the world without scaring people? Um, you know, that's one of them. Where where do you see cusp wise? Where do you see? You know, I was talking to some of the folks from Augmate, from Hyperlayer, from a number uh, Matteo about kind of the applications of these technologies for deskless workers and mechanics and things like that. Where do you think, consumer-wise, AR might be likely to catch on? I mean, you're, you're, again, you've been all over the place with conferences and being in the Associated Press and Bloomberg and whatever else. you see, seen a lot. Where do you see it catching?
1: This is the cool thing about augmented reality, and this is, you know, for, with you, with your website, Tech Emergence, this is the most important thing, I think, that every one of your listeners needs to hear. Hmm. Augmented reality is going to change the world. And I'm not hyping this up. I'm not blowing this out of proportion. No, I'm with you.
0: I'm completely on board. So go ahead and lay it out. It
1: really, everybody needs to pay attention to augmented reality. And And this is the cool thing, okay? Regardless of whatever you do for your day job, augmented reality can make it better and can improve whatever you do for your day job. When you go home, augmented reality can improve it. If any hobby that you have, anything you do in your life, augmented reality can affect it in a real positive way. So let me give you some examples of it. You talked about commerce, okay? Yeah. We see that the the automotive industry is looking at this, the navigation industry is saying, this is amazing. They're already working on not only your driverless cars, but they're working on building augmented reality windshields. When you're driving, the fact is, is that Whoa. your car can, can uh, identify objects or your windshields can identify objects so you're driving, and there's a big building in the distance. That windshield theoretically can can identify that object and say that's the Empire State Building. This is, you know, uh, that is the um, the Marriott, and these are the rooms that light up with an augmented display over them. These are the rooms that are available because this technology has access to, you know, Priceline or and what what uh, yeah. available rooms are there, you know, It just in one e- example, um, it can basically uh, teach you to, to this is just kind of like um, the Matrix, where you have, uh, in the Matrix where, I don't know if it was Trinity or Neo, they want to fly a helicopter, and they basically plug in their brain the helicopter, um, you know, uh, directions, and boom, so you can actually have overlays, holograms, pretty much, in front of your eyes that tell you what to do. You don't have to go to YouTube anymore. It will actually show you in front of your eyes if you have wearable augmented reality glasses, these types of uh, different devices that will overlay h- how you're putting together something. So let's say you're putting together a bicycle for your for your son or your daughter. You can wear uh, augmented reality glasses, and it will overlay showing you pick up this part and put it Do in this here. Do this to this. Yeah, yeah. It will show you that step, and there's – there's some proof of concepts um, there's a BMW video that's very old now but they've taken that proof of concept and they actually now companies like N-Grain, Bosch um, so some of these other big companies Legos where you actually yeah. can, can put this stuff together through an, an overlay right in front of your, your eyes a digital overlay and you can kind of go through the steps to do it so it's fascinating on anything that you do with your life it'll teach you how to do it you could look in a mirror and see a pair of augmented glasses on your face, even though they're not on your face, but you could look at your monitor and see what it would look like. You could see the way clothes look on you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's, there's, the, there's going division. to be a curve to adoption on that, but but eventually, especially when it's when it's almost seamless, um, you know, it seems tough to, to think that that wouldn't catch on. And I'm completely with you, by the way, Joe, and, and I'm down to say it on the podcast or anywhere else. I mean, I... I honestly believe that um, you know reality as we know it uh, is you know has had a good run, but it's going to be tough to hang with augmented reality, um, and and it's and it's potentially just as tough to hang with virtual reality. I think that AR will become borderline completely immersive. I mean, if if you're on the subway, everybody's on their phone anyway. If that was all displayed in front of our face, you know, and we could be monitoring multiple quote unquote screens through multiple layers of sort of just looking through all that. I mean, who who wouldn't who who wouldn't benefit? You know, it's very difficult. I mean, some people might say, man, you know, they get really tiring. I just want to walk in nature and be by myself and and not have the beeping and the flashing and the, yeah, maybe, maybe you do. But I, I think that even those experiences, in many respects, might potentially be enhanced. And and like you had mentioned, no matter what you do for a job or for a hobby, you know, it's tough to think that, um, you know, there, there's no way for it to be enhanced. Whether it's directions, whether it's uh, notifications, whether it's, you know, whatever else. I mean, Joe, maybe you've thought about this stuff too. And and I've talked about this with other people. You know, what about when, you know, parents. they want to know kind of what's going on with their kid you know where where their kid is or you know if they have a an an infant you know what their temperature is or you know all, all anything that you'd want to know right now and 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 you know here and now why wouldn't you want that in some kind of a display that's that's you don't have to log in with a username and a password but you can just boom pull it right up in front of you you know it seems like when it's ubiquitous we're going to allow it to be ubiquitous. No doubt about
1: it, and one of the big things—and you kind of asked me what was the cusp—and I can tell you, there's there's been a change that's taken place over the last year, and we're kind of emerging into the year of the wearable technology.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're we're seeing crossroads. And it's funny—you
1: mentioned Google Glass before, but I can tell you there are tons of different companies that are also working on eyewear, augmented eyewear that are out there. Uh, When it comes down to just all wearable technology, I forget the site. I'll have to give you the link if you haven't seen it, but. I think right now there's like three hundred or three hundred and forty wearable technology devices that you can wear right now. Doesn't surprise me. And they show you which ones are for your head, which ones for your hands, your feet, your belt. You know all these different things. But the most important thing that I wanted to say was that you know when we start hearing about virtual reality, people are like, oh my gosh, you know it takes you away from reality. That's bad. And uh, there's there's some good arguments there. What's interesting about augmented reality. Is that it doesn't immerse you in a whole different um, plane of existence. It basically is just supplementing your reality.
0: That's exactly That's all it, yeah. all it's doing.
1: It it's it's just supplementing. It's augmenting it, and it's not to the point where you look like a cyborg. But you're it's going to give you that information where you know we're moving away from the smartphone, and you're you're able to have that overlay of your senses, whether it's your hearing, whether it's your eyes. Uh, there's haptic, uh, you know, uh, um interfaces, there's um, uh, gesture, motion-based types of movements, and all of these things will enhance your life, so you will know so much more information. It's almost like, you know, having that internet right in front of your eyes, or or having this ability to be, you know, I look at it as, if there's anything in life I need to know, I Google it, okay, and there's a really good chance I'm going to get a good answer, and a a pretty accurate answer, so when you kind of take every Thing you need to know in life, and I, I look at some of the people like Albert Einstein and all these geniuses. We're taking this collective consciousness and we're bringing it right to your peripheral. That's going to help yep. you, but not uh, overwhelm you. But just kind of like like you said, I, I want to know what the temperature is of, of my 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 child my because they're not child, yeah. right. And maybe you know uh, it gives me an overlay, and it might maybe tell me their symptoms or, or maybe I have a relative that no longer uh, recognizes me because they have Alzheimer's, but they have some wearable glasses that will basically run facial recognition on me and through an overlay identify that I'm their son. And maybe it'll play a little, little video, uh, you know, uh, um, Know, where you could kind of see through it and and show that you know this is when I'm I, I graduated college or something
0: yeah or, yeah, or yeah whatever you know, yeah just stuff like that that
1: it can enhance a relationship that takes place or maybe we have uh, a paramedic that's in the field that's providing medical aid but now has um, very advanced types of overlays on how to put on a tourniquet exactly, or how exactly how to you know uh, you know create a super user where maybe they didn't have that training before. So there's just so many different ways that you can apply this and maybe you are a fisherman or a fisherwoman, and you need to get the best worms out there. And and your overlays tell you this is where you need to go, and, and identifies these are the best worms, or this is the spot to dig the worms. It doesn't make a difference what you do in life; yeah, no all of that stuff can apply. Yep,
0: and that's really neat. Ubiqui- and that's wild, and it's coming. It's u- here. U- ubiquitous access to information, and and it's you know I I argue that you know anything anything that can increase some efficiency or provide some additional capacity or fulfill some kind of desire that is somewhere within grasp, you know, we're going to move towards it and someone will build it somewhere. And, and, and it's interesting to posit where that eventually takes us, which, of course, is an entirely different conversation. I, I, I agree with you that AR has the, the capacity to just make life as it is better um, I, I have an inkling, and I could be wrong here, that at some point, um, digital reality, in terms of fully immersive uh, VR type experience, um, will at some point uh, completely trump uh, physical reality. You know, in terms of four limbs, limited, you know, uh, laws, whatever. I, mean, I, I have an inkling that that the expanse, this this expansiveness. We're, we're sort of moving towards a deity-esque uh, amount of capacity, you know, knowing anything at any given point, being able to connect with anyone at any given point, uh, being conjuring that information. It's 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 sort of making magic real, and it's making us more than, than human. I, I, and I, I have an inkling, and, and uh, it may not be true, but again, that, that eventually we'll go beyond AR to the point where some sort of Non-physical reality becomes the primary, um, and and that may not be in the next twenty years, but we'll have to see. Regardless, um, without getting too far down all the various rabbit holes, I know you and I could run down um, where this takes us to now towards towards the the closing here is is you know what are the concerns and considerations for policy? One thing that that you've done through kind of being everywhere in this field as sort of the ambassador, and and, and there's no real, you know, AR is not like uh, you know, it's not like the NFL, you know, there's big events, or but you know, there's multiple media sources all about it, it's sort of a small thing, but, um, you know, right now we're just kind of at the, the mode of getting the word out and having people understand this, your gig is bringing in a level of informedness to the conversation and and permitting other people to be able to learn and become informed and make those better decisions, what might we want to think about as a nation uh, or, or as nations in general, as a world, um, about policy in this domain policy and politics and, and assessing all these technologies you had mentioned before before we were recording how you know the the uh, penetration of the telephone to half the homes in, in the United States took a very long time you know uh, television maybe a little bit less cell phone basically nothing in comparison all these other AR VR how do we keep up and and how do we make politics and and policy allow us to do what you think of as a police officer, which is make these have, you know, a potentially good effect on us and prevent maybe some of those bad guy uses. What what are your thoughts there about how governments can keep up?
1: Well, you're asking the the million dollar question and and kind of to just to take a step back and I definitely am going to jump right into this question is that, you know, technology rolls out so fast we can't fathom what's around the corner. Can't. And, you know, in the old days, you kind of knew electricity, you knew how long it was going to take, you had a you know, roll it out and it took, you know, fifty years, seventy years before it reached fifty percent of the masses. We're at the point now where a social networking site pops up and it has, you know, millions and millions of users overnight. I mean it, it's just it's amazing the connectivity that's taking place now and how things can go viral and we could have one video that, you know, half the world sees overnight. Yeah, it's I mean, ridiculous. You know, this is crazy. It's so ridiculous. when people try to predict what's going on and say, well, we know where it's, nobody knows where it's going. And that's, that's the toughest part. So I think, you know, it's really important where these conversations that we're having need to to take place. I'm from the point where, and I was very amazed and, and welcomed by the AR community because coming in as a police officer and listening to all these emerging technologies and I would talk to people and say, "Wow, you know, we got to watch out for this and that." The, the AR community was very responsible and one of the first things I heard at one of the keynotes at a, an augmented reality conference was, you know, the keynote said, "Hey everybody, you better be careful what we develop because we don't want to get this regulated out from underneath us." And it was a very responsible thing to say, and the AR community I think has listened to that. Um, so I don't want any regulation um, as long as people act responsibly, and I've seen a tremendous level of responsibility in the AR community, and I, I've been really excited about that. So I think that we kind of just have to see where things develop, how these applications are being used, and as they're being used, you know, what is you know what are the great things about it? Is there any downside to that? And I really think that the the AR community has been prepared for that because they don't want this to get regulated out. And and as you know, all you need is that one incident where something gets regulated. I, I know after the Boston uh, Marathon bombings, you couldn't find a pressure cooker to buy to cook your food. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, that's They were wild. almost banned overnight. So it was that sort of thing where, you know, we have to look at what we have and how it's being used and, and using responsibility. So So I hope that there isn't a lot of necessary regulation, but if there is going to be, you know, it's going to be for good use. You know, one of the things I have to say from a law enforcement perspective is everybody's afraid of big brother, right? We hear this big brother, big brother, and I I heard something very interesting by uh, uh, an augmented reality journalist, uh, uh, Robert Hernandez, and he's like, you know, everybody talks about big brother, but, you know, maybe it's little brother now that we have to watch out for because... Everybody's recording everybody. (laughs) You know, we we just have this this new universe that's taking place. So to me, I just think we have to be responsible in how we do it. So, you know, we really don't know. You know, what's going to get regulated, what's not. Um, But AR is kind of just one piece of the puzzle. Of course, of course, so so much. So that's another kind of piece of it. So will AR get regulated itself? No, but when you start mixing it with facial recognition. Drones. When you start mixing it with, um, you know, social networking, geotagging, or, or geofencing, and and all of these other technologies that move in all together, then you know we might have a situation where you know you might see regulations being, you know, happening. We're we're seeing that with with drones right now. Um, the FAA wants to, you know, roll out drones because a lot of pe- a lot of countries around the world are doing it already. And we say we don't want to be left behind, but at the same time people get freaked out. And then we see drones in the sky. Well, are they I kinda of look at it as the Wizard of Oz. Not is it, is it a good witch or a bad witch? Is it a good drone
0: or a <laughs> or bad, a bad drone? drone? Yeah. I don't know. You,
1: we don't know. Nobody knows. So, so, so that's that's
0: yeah, that's a question. I mean, it's it's definitely not is it good or bad? It's definitely not can we see around the bend? Because we can't. It's how do we build governments and policies that are flexible but strong enough to to know when you know not just okay ban all these. T- I don't think it's you know again even if it is banned they're going to invent it you know in Uzbekistan if they don't invent it here or there somebody in Germany or somewhere else where the policies aren't as stringent they're going to come up with it. So I I feel as though it's it's tough to totally block anything out. But how do we set in place the kinds of policies and 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 rigorously evaluate? what ought be permitted what ought not be permitted in a way that's flexible enough to keep up with just the deluge of technology that will befall us you know is how do we make that reasonable you know is there is there some kind of like you know anything that falls in these technological categories you know before it is sold to the public needs to be assessed by blankety blank you know how how do we put a some kind of feeler out there how would a government evolve and evaluate so much as it comes down the pike or you know I, I I hate to say you know this is a hopeless situation but I really don't feel like it is but I'm interested in your thoughts because I think it's a very unique challenge coming from an era like you said where you know dealing with electricity wasn't so tough cuz it took 70 years for everybody to get it
1: well I think the and the important point of, of what you're asking here is that you have to have All the players, all the stakeholders involved in the discussion. So like, I almost feel like when I've I've spoken to some creators of different technologies, we're like, oh, we're going to do this, this, this. And I'm like, yeah, but did you think about this, this, and this? And they're like, "Uh, what do you mean? I'm like, "Uh, that's going to happen. They're like, "Uh,
0: really? I'm like, "Uh, yeah. And they're like, oh maybe we shouldn't do that. I think it's so, a completely interdisciplinary conversation. I'm totally with you. I, I think we I think we got to have more than just the tech guys and the politicos uh, kind of in the convo. But anyway,
1: it's a think tank. I mean, you, you got to form these think tanks and you have to look at it. I mean, just look at um, you know, the drone commerce. You know, we're having countries that are utilizing autonomous uh, transportation devices that are, you know, shipping, you know, containers and that sort of thing. That they're doing around the country, and it's it's not military, it's not killing anybody, it's just shipping logistics, and they're doing it autonomously, and it's saving money, and it's 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 raising profits. So if the United States looks at that, and I know this is an international podcast, but if the United States looks at that and says, "No, we're not doing it," well, then guess what? You're you're pushing, uh, you know, commerce to to. Places outside of your country, which is not good for your Yeah,
0: economy. that's wild. So again, that's the that's the whole. You know, we're all going to have to catch up, right? So it's it's almost, right. and it's it's it. You could it could be seen as as insidious, right? Because even technology that could be somewhat dangerous, there's still the factor of oh shucks, um, you know, we can't neglect this because everyone else is doing it. We can't be the one country that falls behind.
1: Exactly exactly. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see where all this stuff moves, but I think the the big message I want to give to your audience is that even if you've never heard of augmented reality and this is the first time you're hearing about it, it is not too late to get on the augmented reality train. And it's really the augmented world train, but you know, AR is just something passionate yep. to me. But to me, you know, it's going to enhance your life. And as soon as you've heard the word augmented reality, you're going to see things in your life where you're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, that app I have—that's augmented reality." Like, there's an app called Word Lens that was only on the iOS that now Google bought. And with with Word Lens, it's a, it's really a very uh, easy way to look at augmented reality. It's free if you have, um, you know, if you have uh, an Android. And you could load it up and you hold it up to a foreign sign and it and right on the fly it'll basically augment that sign into an English sign and you could read it so if you travel in you know internationally you hold up your phone it'll augment that sign into something you could read immediately and that's wild I mean like that's really cool that's like a real tangible um, awesome app that you can use that gives you true value and these are the sort of things that you know your your audience will probably hear about or have even seen it before, and say, "Wait a second! Oh, that's augmented reality! Wow, now I get it!" You know, you you might have seen uh, an NFL football game and you saw the first down marker across the field. Yeah, that's a lot of people of the, don't
0: realize that's that's what that is, right then that's and there. That's
1: one of the prim, most primitive ways to look at augmented reality. It's taking a digital image overlaying it in a real-time environment, enhancing the user's experience. Yep. That's augmented reality. It's very primitive, but that's a rudimentary form of it. So, you know, I just want your listeners to get jazzed on it, to realize not to ignore it, and don't feel like you're left in the dust because you're like, oh, I hear this AR stuff. I don't really know what it is. I, I don't know. forget about it. I'm not even going to worry about it. No, it's really cool. It
0: can really help your life, and, and your in terms personal of life and professional it, life. Big time. And, and again, as, as I said, I mean, I, I really think AR and VR, combined with other emerging tech, but but that, them in a very visceral way in the coming half decade, decade, uh, will be just drastically uh, different in just so many ways, um, in terms of the way that we live our, our day-to-day life. Uh, and, and it's definitely one of those, you know, whether we like it or not kind of things. So I think it's more than worth considering. Obviously, uh, for those of you that, that aren't familiar with, with Joe's uh, own podcast at AR Dirt, uh, his blog and podcast, he has a lot of great experts on uh, in the AR space, rather specifically, Joe. In terms of where else people can go to get tuned into this world, to to be able to stay ahead of the curve in terms of where you glean a lot of your insights and information in this space, where can people go to turn? You know, I mentioned your website. What are some other cool resources out there?
1: Um, there there's there's a lot of different conferences out there. Um, you know, for starters, uh, there's the Augmented World Expo, and if you go to augmentedworldexpo.com. There's also augmentedreality.org. It's a nonprofit group that basically wants to, you know, create ideas, hatch them, and then you know l- let them flourish. And, and it's kind of like an augmented reality incubator to get people jazzed on AR. Um, there's uh, there's also Inside AR, which is another conference uh, hosted by Mateo in Germany and Europe. Yep. Uh, there's also IsMore conference. For different websites, I would go to augmentedreality.org. Uh, you mentioned ardirt.com. You can also, um, if you're into the legal aspects, um, you can go to augmentedlegality.com. Uh, there's 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 a whole bunch. I mean, if you go on Twitter, there's different Twitter feeds. Mattio um, also has a nice website. One of the things that we have on our podcast and our website, we usually have a link of the show. So we whenever we kind of get turned on to a really cool um, blog or or some type of link. That's, uh, you know, finding more information out. Um, you know, we, we put it out there. Uh, you know, we, we, we have a piece for, like, techie people that are really into the programming of it, but we also have a piece for people just trying to, to just get, you know, general information. So, you know, those are the, the different places that, um, that I would go. And, and if you just Google augmented reality...
0: Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah of course yeah yeah
1: you're gonna you're gonna get a ton of different um you know different stuff there's a lot of different youtube videos that we have on our site but you could find them you know through youtube and that sort of thing just to kind of give you a you know a nice cross section of what's out there so there's there's a lot of good stuff and there's a lot of people and i've been following you know this realm now for probably a good six years and uh there's just so much now that's that's emerging and it's it's no longer this you know hidden secret uh, a lot of people are, are really jazzed on it and so it's, you know it's really cool it, so.
0: it's good to it's good to kind of get your recommendations again i know anybody can kind of hop on on the old google but in terms of where you get the great insights uh for yourself being a guy who's as plugged in and at all the events it's it's cool to know that uh, f- you know, that there are conferences that, that you'd give the thumbs up to and that people can check out. So... Um, yeah, what,
1: one other thing, yep. at, and I forgot about this, is that we also, and I don't know how many people, I'm a big Google Plus person. I'm like addicted to Google Plus. I
0: well, think Google, it's really Yeah, cool. Google's going to take over the world, so I guess we, we got to get on board with them in some way, shape, or form, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and... and w- one of the things is, if you go into their um, Google's communities, um, we have a, a community called Augmented Reality Dirt, but there's also some other good augmented reality communities. If you go into LinkedIn, you also will find some um, really good communities in LinkedIn. And the other thing, too, is, and I didn't mention this, but all around the world, there are augmented reality meetups, and if you go to, um, I guess, you know, the was it meetup.com, I I believe, I hope I'm getting the domain right, but if you go to um, these meetups out there, they're popping up in all over, all over the world, so you actually probably can find a meetup within, uh, you know, driving distance of where you live, where you're, you hear, um, you know, my voice and Dan's voice, you can find something in your own community and go to these meetups, and these are people just like you that are, that are learning about AR, sharing what they know, and that's another great way to, uh, to check that out. So I would definitely um,
0: uh, recommend that for sure. Cool. So dig into the meetup space as well. Joe, thanks so much for being able to share your own resources, point people in the right direction. I, again, I, I have in common with you uh, a, a preference for bringing just the the, the, the best Ideas and notions about what's happening, and with a little bit of an ethical perspective—not necessarily with a positive or negative hue—but informing folks. I think that's something you do a great job with, and why I was honored to have you here. So, thank you very much for taking the time with Tech Emergence. Dan,
1: thank you so much, and thanks to all your listeners, and uh, uh, kudos to all you're doing. And um, it's great if you are a geek or a wannabe geek, uh, your site and uh, your podcast is the place to go. So,
0: <laughs> thanks some, to you, brother. I appreciate it. All right, cool, Joe. <laughs> Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, then make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, If you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience... And be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. Uh, More than anything else, always feel free to reach out if you can find us via email. Um, You can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than to be able to glean your ideas as well. Uh, So with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week.